Welcome to the weekly podcast of Valley Church. I pray that this message will fill you with the hope of the gospel and will help you follow Jesus today. If you would like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, visit valleychurchwv.com. Now let's tune in to this week's message. So good to be here uh, together as a family on Easter Sunday, and I hope you have a lot, of, a lot of great things planned for the rest of the day. I know our kids are looking forward to an Easter egg hunt when we get home later on, and uh, yesterday they already got filled up with, with a bunch of candy. Who, who else had, had their kids go to an Easter egg hunt? Anybody? There was a huge one in New Martinsville, so... Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a good Easter so far, and um, what I, what I want to do with us uh, together today is I want us to bring us to the Word of God, because uh, we believe that God's Word is absolute truth. It's, it's uh, the hope for us that speaks of Jesus and the gospel. And uh, what better Sunday to talk about the gospel of Jesus than to talk about the resurrection, and what actually happened that first day when Jesus was resurrected from the dead. So I'm going to be taking you to the book of Luke, um, chapter 24. If you have your Bibles, you can start flipping over there uh, with me. Luke chapter 24. And uh, if you didn't know, this is also a continuation and, uh, and a culmination of a series that we've been in called The Table. And what we're going to find is that on the day of Jesus' resurrection, what we find him is we find him on a road that led to a table. And, uh, and I'll, I'll be explaining that passage as we go through it. But let's pray together and uh, let's thank God for what we've already had the joy to experience together. Father, thank you that, uh, God, you've gathered your church together today. And Lord, uh, from all the different places that we've come from, even traveled uh, far, from far distances even to, to get here and to be with family and to celebrate this day together, um, God, uh, we are blessed, Lord, for this experience and to be able to celebrate Easter, God, the good news of your resurrection, that because you live, we also have the hope of life. God, that, uh, Lord, we don't have to fear death, Lord, and, and we know that you can work all things for the good of those who love you. And so, Lord, today, as we talk about your resurrection, and we talk about what you did that first day that you came back to life, God, uh, would you just speak to our own lives right now? Would you speak into our own situations? God, would you um, bring hope into the hopeless places right now that we may be going through? And God, uh, may we leave here changed as a result. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you got your Bibles, turn over to Luke chapter 24. And uh, you'll see that the chapter title heading, if, if you have a Bible like mine, says something like the resurrection. And uh, this is one of the gospel accounts, one of the eyewitness accounts of the resurrection. And uh, Luke writes about, about this experience, and we also already had the worship team uh, share a little bit of that when they did that reading uh, together in their worship time. They read the first nine verses of this chapter explaining how on that morning uh, there were women that went off to the tomb. They had expected to be able to go to the tomb and to, to anoint Jesus' body with some spices. And, and when they arrived at the tomb, they found that the stone had been rolled away. And upon entering it, they only saw the grave clothes of Jesus laying there, and there was no Jesus. And that's when the, the angel said to them, Woman, why, why are you here? Why are you looking for the living 
among the dead. Go and tell the disciples that Jesus has risen from the dead. And so they they hurry off, they tell the disciples. And and what we actually know in, in verse 11 is that when these women told the disciples all that had happened, they didn't all believe it. Actually, it says in verse 11 that their words seemed to them an idle tale and they did not believe them. But there was one, it was Peter, who rose up and and he ran to the tomb and stooping and looking in, he saw the linen clothes by themselves and he went home marveling at what happened, okay? What I want you to know as we approach our text this morning is that uh, there were some who believed and some who didn't. Some who, who believed in the resurrection and some who resisted the resurrection. And can I tell you this morning, um, I don't know where you come to church from. You may come to church in a place of skepticism, just like these, some of these disciples as well. Like, you know what? I, you know, this is a nice story and all, but how do I actually know? How do I actually know that, that Jesus is who he says he is and that Jesus actually defeated death in the grave and I, I, can, I can put my hope in him today? Well, I hope through the rest of this account, you'll be able to hear about Jesus and who he said he was, because what I want for you is I want you to have the same hope that I have, and uh, the same hope that even a young man this morning has because he repented of his sins and placed his faith in Jesus, okay? Uh, We even had had someone that's been serving on our team say, yeah, I I need that hope. I want that hope, And, and he prayed to receive Jesus even this morning. Praise God. Praise God for that. That's what it's all about, okay? And if that's you, I, I, I want that for you as well. And so that's, that's why we're going to the Word of God. This is truth. And so let's, let's hear from, from the Word of God. What did Jesus do on that first day of his resurrection? I hope this speaks to your hearts. We're going to start in verse 13. It says this, That very day, okay, so this is the same day, that very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. So a scene is set. We've moved from the, the, the Peter running to the tomb, seeing the grave clothes, and, and uh, you know, putting his faith that Jesus is, is alive, but now the scene has changed, and we're on a road, a seven-mile road, heading not into Jerusalem, but out of Jerusalem, okay? Jerusalem was the place, the city where Jesus was, was crucified in, and, and also on the outskirts of the city where he was buried. And now we learn about these two unknown travelers going to this little podunk town city called Emmaus, okay? And I, I wonder if this story is in the Bible because this can also, we can relate to this, okay? I don't know if you know this, but even Peyton City and New Martinsville and this whole valley, it's not a destination location, okay? We love it. We love living here, but man, nobody really comes here unless they're planning on coming here, do they? And that's the same way that Emmaus was for these people. Nobody went there on purpose. Everyone that, that went there had to go there. And it was not a destination. It really wasn't. And nobody actually had heard about these two travelers before. But can I, can I just tell you, Jesus, he knew them, and he had an appointment with them. If, if I was Jesus' press agent on the day of his resurrection, um, probably the way that I would have counseled him would have been, Jesus, this only happens once, <laughs> right? 
You only, you only are resurrected once from the dead, so we need to get the word out, right? We need, to, we need to go into Jerusalem. We need to throw a huge concert. We need to have all this press. We need to get influencers around you. We need you to get all over Facebook and TikTok and, and Snapchat, and we, we need you to do shorts. We need to get influencers behind you. Jesus, we need to, we need to let the whole world know that you're alive, we need to get the show on the road, Jesus. But you know, Jesus, the way he would respond, he'd been like, yeah, you're right. I do need to get the show on the road, on the road to Emmaus. Because there's two people that I know that you don't know that are walking away discouraged. They're walking away hopeless. They think that all their dreams, all their hopes are lost because of my death. And they don't know that I'm alive yet. And so I have an appointment. I need to get on the road. And so Jesus starts walking. And it says then in verse 15, if you're following along, it says, while they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Jesus just kind of walked up and joined them in their travel on this seven-mile road. That's what he did. He started walking, and he started talking to them. And, and as, as he was walking and talking, you would think it, it says that, that you know, what, what we know about these people is that there's two of them, and that they were also disciples of Jesus. They would have recognized him. But it says in verse 16, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. Can I just ask you? What is keeping you from recognizing Jesus on your journey, on the road that you're on? Maybe, maybe you didn't pick the road that you're on right now. Maybe, maybe the road that you're on right now is difficult. It's hard. Maybe it's full of a lot of discouragement. Maybe, maybe the road you're on is, is full of adversity, full of trials, full of pain, full of suffering. I, I don't know what kind of road you're on right now, but, but can I tell you, if you're not recognizing Jesus on the road, let, let, me, let me just tell you, Jesus is with you. He is walking with you. You may not recognize him, but he is with you. Okay, that, that's, that's what I believe we can relate to in this verse 16. Their eyes were kept from recognizing him. Okay, and then in verse 17, I, I love scripture because if you read it, if you read it like a textbook, you'll never understand it. But if you read it like a story and read it in relationship, you'll, you'll really start to open up your eyes to who Jesus is because he has a sense of humor. What happens is this God, who is the God of the universe, he, uh, he, he starts, starts walking and talking to them. And all of a sudden, he, uh, you know, he, he gets thinking, man, I could play something on them. I, I really want them to, to hear about what what I did, and, you know, I want to join in this conversation. So the God of the universe, what he does is he, he, he knows everything. He knows your thoughts. He knows your feelings. He knows the intentions of your heart. He knows how discouraged you might be. But you know what, what he did is he, as he's walking, he's like, hey, what you talking about? <laughs> what you talking about? The God of the universe, he, he gets right next to them and asks them that question. Did he know? Did Jesus know what they were talking about? Did he know what they were discouraged by? Yeah. Absolutely he did. He knew everything that they were thinking of. But yet he asked, he asked, um, 
in, in verse 17, he said to them, what is the conversation that you're holding with each other? What are you talking about? And what it says next is also interesting. It says, and they stood still looking sad. Yeah, they were genuinely sad. So this doesn't really make sense to us because on the day of Jesus' resurrection, and even when we celebrate it as a church, Valley Church style, we make it big, we make it exciting, we make it you know, joyful and a celebration. But instead of Jesus being around happy people on the day of his resurrection and having a party, he chooses to be around sad people. Think about that. Instead of being around influencers, he's around nobodies. Instead of going into Jerusalem, he goes to Emmaus. Emmaus. That's Jesus. That's who he is. And can I just tell you, with whatever you're going through, um, sometimes we don't recognize Jesus because we, we think that we'll find Jesus in the destination. But actually, what, where we find Jesus is in the, it's often in the detours, in the dead ends. You know, there, there are times in life where we hit, hit dead ends, don't we? Where we lose hope. And as, as they're talking about Jesus and telling Jesus about Jesus, what they tell him is about how their hope has been lost, okay? Let, let's go on a few verses and, and we'll relate it to our own lives. It says, and then one of them named Cleopas answered him. Now, we learn one of the names of these travelers at this point. I like to call him Cleo, okay? So can we call him Cleo for the rest of this chapter? Because Cleo starts talking. And Cleo says this, are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who doesn't, who doesn't know the things that have happened in these days? And he plays along with it. He says, well, what things? He wants them to talk. He wants to hear from them. He wants a relationship. And, and, and he said to them, what things? And they said to him concerning Jesus of, Naz of, of Nazareth. A man who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and, and before God and all the people. As they proceed to tell the God of the universe how life is supposed to go and tell Jesus who Jesus was, how did they begin? They told the great I am that he was the great I was. Some of us we don't see Jesus for who he is because we're seeing him through the lens of what was. And we're discouraged. We're, we're feeling depressed. We're feeling hopeless because we're judging the journey of seven miles by the first two. Because we're, we're hurting. We're feeling hopeless. Maybe, maybe some of your dreams have died like, like these people's dreams have died. Maybe you thought God was going to reconcile you and your spouse together. There wouldn't be that divorce. Maybe you thought that God was going to bring healing into, into that sickness that, that you've been diagnosed with, and yet you're still waiting. Maybe you thought that God was going to restore a child back into your family. Maybe you thought that God was going to help you break that cycle of addiction or break those chains of, of dysfunction in your family, but yet you're still waiting, you're waiting, and you're waiting, and there's detour after detour after detour. Can I tell you something about God? The way God works is, is things don't happen often quickly with God. Sometimes He allows us to wait 
and go through detour after detour after detour so that we can be changed, our hearts can be changed. And I believe that that's why these people were walking on this hard road together. As we keep on going, we see that, that not only did they call him the I was, okay, but it goes on, it says, it says um, he was a prophet mighty indeed before God and all the people. And in verse 20, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified. We had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it's the third day since these things have happened. You notice that word? We had hoped. We had hoped. And what happened is that when their dream died, their faith died. Our faith is not in dreams. Our faith is in Jesus. And what he said, he, he, he prophesied many times to the disciples, be waiting for that third day. Guess what? It's the third day. It's the third day, and yet they wouldn't even listen. We need to wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. You know, we, we, don't, we don't see the outcome of our hope when we put our hope in Jesus. Our hope isn't something that we don't see, and that's called faith. Have you placed your faith in Jesus today? Let me ask you that. Keep on going. Verse 22, they went on and Jesus is still listening as they're walking and they're talking and they say, moreover, some of our women, some of the women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning. And when they did not find the body, they came back saying that they'd even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who who were with them went to the tomb and found it just as the women had. But him they did not see. So they're going on and on and on, and their faith has not been made sight. They're still wondering, they're still doubting like the rest of, the rest of these other disciples were. And then Jesus, what he does is instead of condemning them, instead of saying, why? Come on, guys. Now what he does is he keeps on walking, and he keeps on talking, keeps on walking, and he keeps on talking to them. And here's some of the things that Jesus says. And he said to them this, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken, was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and then enter into into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them all all the scriptures of the things concerning himself. What did Jesus do? told the man, there's something, something in your heart that needs to change. See, when you're trying to understand everything with your head, you'll never have faith. But what Scripture says is that we need to believe in our heart. Believe in our heart. Romans chapter, chapter um, 10, it says this, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Can I ask you, are you just trying to believe in Jesus with your head? Or have you placed your faith in him in your heart? Jesus asks you to place your faith with him, in him in your heart. That's what he calls you to do. And then he, he walks with them. 
He talks to them. He walks to them. He talks to them. Don't expect when you come to faith in Jesus that you're going to have a faith that's going to move mountains, okay? Don't expect that your faith is going to be strong. What it takes for faith often to develop is you've got to go through detours and dead ends. You've got to go through difficulty, through hardship. And what Jesus does is, as we see from here in this passage, is he's walking with us. He's talking to us, and we're learning, and we're growing, and we're learning, and we're growing, and deepening in our faith. And that's what Jesus wants to do with you. It's not about a religion. It's about a relationship with Jesus. And that's what Jesus wants for you. He wants you to know that I am with you. I'm with you in whatever you're going through, whatever is discouraging you, whatever, whatever is, is causing you to feel like, man, I'm a debt at a dead end. This is impossible. There's no impossibles with God. Keep on going. And so after Jesus explains all these things to them, what, what he does is this. He drew near to the village. They, they, reach, they reach this village of Emmaus, seven miles away from Jerusalem. Still going the wrong direction that we would think is the wrong direction anyway. And they drew near to the village to which they were going. And he acted as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day day is now far spent. And so he went in to stay with them. And he moves from the road, goes into their home, is invited as a guest. But as that guest, he then becomes a host. Because in this next verse, it says, When he was at table with them, he took bread, and he blessed it and broke it, and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened as they recognized him. God, would you open our eyes to see Jesus now? Would you open our eyes? Because what did they see that they didn't see on the road? What did they see as Jesus took that bread and he broke it apart? What do you think that they saw as Jesus rolled up his sleeves, not as a guest, but as a host? What do you think that they saw as Jesus broke that bread? I believe that they saw his scars. I believe that they saw him for who he was, what he had done on that cross for them. He'd taken their sin, their shame, and he was alive. He defeated death and hell. He defeated the grave and they saw him. Their eyes were opened. And I'm praying that God will open your eyes today because sometimes we see God in, in the blessed place. Sometimes we, we see him in, in, the, in the dark place, in the dark valley. Sometimes we see him, as we look back, in our scars. Scars tell a story. And if you'll look back on maybe your own road, your own road of life, what God has brought you through, or maybe what you're going through right now, can I just tell you, if you look back, God promises, and he said this, that he'll work everything for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Your pain is for a purpose. If you look back and you see scars just like they maybe saw the scars of Jesus, you can look back and you can see the faithfulness of God in your life. And often what God does is he'll take those scars and he'll show them to other people so that you can, you can talk about the faithfulness of God, how God can use those scars so that you can help other people who are going through difficulty. Maybe it was your marriage. Maybe it's your marriage right now. He doesn't waste a thing. Maybe it's a financial struggle. Maybe it's a job loss. 
man, there's people that will identify with you more than they could ever identify with me because of what you're going through. There's people that God has placed you around in your workplace or in your school, in your family. The man, I'd, I'd never have an opportunity to talk to about Jesus, but guess what? You do. And maybe you have the scars to show what you've gone through to be able to say, yeah, I've been there. And don't give up hope. Don't lose hope. I've been there. Man, I, I've been, been into alcohol. I've been into drugs. I've been into to any kind of addiction you could think, man. And, 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 and Jesus can redeem it. He can change it. He can even take, take a death in the family. And can, he can restore joy. He can restore hope. He can, he can take that dead end and turn it into a door of hope for somebody else. Don't judge the journey of seven miles when you've only gone two. Jesus, he is walking with you. Can I encourage you in that? Place your faith in him. Put your trust in him. Because he is alive, you will also live. And so let me pray for us. Let's close us in this time. And uh, if you are here and you are thinking, man, I, I want that hope. I want Jesus in my life right now. I want to give you that opportunity. And we're going to celebrate some baptisms at the end of the service. We're going we're gonna to rejoice in, in what God is doing. But can I just pray for you as we close? Jesus, we're thankful for your cross. We're thankful for your scars. We're thankful for this road and this small little town that you went to, God, to show us that, Lord, you care for the one. You care for the lost. You care for this one that came here to Valley Church today that may be feeling hopeless and be feeling like the road that they're on is hard and they, they don't know where the end of it is. God, I, I pray for them today that they would know right now and they would feel your tangible presence with them. God, that you are walking with them step by step by step by step. You're growing them. You're teaching them. You're giving them hope each day that this is not the end. That, Lord, the, the next mile ahead, even though it may be difficult, it may be windy, it may be hard. God, that uh, as you take us and guide us through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't have to fear no evil. For you with us. Your rod, your staff, they comfort us. You prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. You anoint our head with oil. God, our cup runneth over. God, your goodness and your mercy follows us all the days of our life. And God, we look forward to that day when we'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Lord, as we gather here together today, this room is filled with so much hope filled with so much joy. God, I pray that it would not stop here. But God, as you have called us to go and be your witnesses, God, I would pray that, Lord, we would take seriously that call to go and be your witnesses in our workplace, in our schools, in our families. God, in, in, the, in the dark places of our community, God, where you've placed us, God, I pray that, Lord, we'd be able to bring the hope. Because hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. God, we love you thankful for what you're doing. And Lord, I pray that as we close together today, that if there's anyone here that doesn't know you, God, at the, this moment, God, they would be able to reach out to you in faith. If you're praying with me today and you want to receive Jesus, 
and you want to want to just be led in, in just responding to him, I, I can pray a prayer with you. Prayer isn't what saves you, but uh, it's your heart, believing in your heart that what Jesus did for you and his resurrection is the only way. Jesus said, I am the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And so if you want to just pray and receive Jesus as your Savior today, just raise up your hand. I want to pray with you. I want, want you to have that same hope. Just raise up your hand and, and you can pray with me out loud and just ask Jesus to be your Savior. If that's you, yeah, praise God. Praise God. Anyone else? Anyone else like to have that same hope today? As an affirmation, if you have faith in Jesus, you can even pray this prayer with me. And we all just, just thank Jesus for what he's done. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the cross. We thank you that you are not dead, though. God, you defeated sin on our behalf. Lord, I realize that I'm a sinner and that I need your grace. God, today I want to be your child. And so I confess my sin to you. And I come to you, believing that you are the way, and the truth, and the life. Make me part of your family, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Valley Church. If you were impacted by today's teaching or made a decision to follow Jesus, we would love to hear from you, pray for you, and walk with you. To connect with us, visit valleychurchwv.com. There you will find resources on following Jesus and information about how to partner with us here at Valley Church as we seek, serve, and send disciples of Christ.